0: Okay The parish is called Mas'e It's the last parish in the book of Bamidbar And B'nai Yisrael were already in Arvot Moab Arvot Moab is the jumping off place From which they went into Eretz right? Arvot Moab is on the eastern side of the Jordan River Sort of opposite Yerichel if you imagine the map and you see Eretz on the other side of the Jordan River, that's our vote Mo'af. Uh, let's start from the, one of the last psukim in the book of Devarim. If you turn the sheet to the obverse side, you see that there's a pasuk. There's a pasuk. Vayichtov Moshe haTorah hazot. This is at the end of the Torah. In the parasha of Vayelech. The last parashiyot of the book of Dvarim. Of the book of Dvarim. And there it says... Va'ichtov Moshe'ta Torah Hazot. That Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah. Now this pasuk has nothing to do with the question or the idea of Torah Min hashamay. Right? Torah is Min hashamay. But there's another question. At the end of his life, Moshe Rabbeinu produced for B'nai Yisrael a physical Torah. Here's a Torah. Here's a Sefer Torah, he said to them. Now, in the Gemara in Gittin, Dav Samach, there's a, there's a machloket about how this Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu produced in the desert, how was it written? There's a machloket. One man, the Omar, says that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it Megillah, Megillah. He wrote it piece by piece. Moshe Rabbeinu taught the Torah to the Jews in the Midbar. Remember, where did the Torah come from? It came from heaven. But when it came from heaven to Moshe Rabbeinu, so Moshe Rabbeinu did two things. He taught the Torah to B'nai Yisrael. And the other thing he did was that he wrote it down. He wrote down the Torah. So he wrote the Torah Megillah, Megillah, which means section by section he wrote the Torah and at the end of the 40 years when he was in Arvot Moab at the end of the book of Dvarim he finished he wrote the he wrote the uh, 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 the Torah so the Gemara calls that Megillah Megillah Nitno that the Torah was given the physical Torah was given piece after piece after piece and I guess each piece, you know, they sewed it together, and they ended up at the end of the 40 years with a book. The other, uh, Manda Omar says, that Sefer Torah, nitna. that actually during all the 40 years, now here again, we're not talking about the, all the facts, but the Gemara, what the Gemara means is, that during the 40 years, Moshe Rabbeinu did not, Write an official copy of the Torah At the end of the 40 years He sat down, he wrote the whole Torah from beginning to end Uh, Physically it is hard for us to understand Usually today for a sofa to write a Sefer Torah Takes at least a year But Moshe Rabbeinu did it in a day So there is a machloket About how the Torah was written Not about how the Torah was given about that, this is not, religion, it's not relevant to that. The Torah was given to Moshe Rabbeinu by HaKadosh Bokh. It was given at Sinai, it was given to Noel Moed, and it was given through the 40 years of the Jews in the desert. That's the Torah. But the writing of the Torah, converting that Torah into an official Sefer Torah, about that there's a machloket in the Gemara Either that happened Megillah, Megillah Either it happened Piece by piece by piece Or it happened Khatuma. It was all, somehow happened all at once All together All, uh, it was all uh, uh, Just created It was just created uh, uh, By Moshe Rabbein Yesterday there wasn't a Sefer Torah And today there is a Sefer Torah Now it could be it could be. I'm just saying for the purpose of argument that when the Jews learned the Torah in the desert, that they made notes or they wrote things down, but that was not the official Sefer Torah. The official Sefer Torah was written by Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what the pasuk says. Look again at the pasuk. Pasuk says, Torah hanoseim et that k'tiva and there is Right? Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah and then he gave it who did he give it to? the Kohanim, the Dei Levi, etc right? so this is the Pasuk now the Ramban the Ramban points out that there are other Pasukim that also reference the writing of the Sefer Torah And he says Beichtov Moshe says, Breishit ad kol Yisrael. What did he write? He write, wrote the whole Torah, from the words Baralokim, the first three words of the Torah, till the last three words of the Torah, which is which are, ko Yisrael. Yisrael. Now in this there's a little bit of a problem because you know that Rashi in Shmote Perikutet says that before Matan Torah there was a Torah from Breshit until that point, until Matan Torah. So how this fits into what the Ramban says, I don't know, but it's not our topic. I'm mean, just saying that, uh, that, uh, that it's worthy of, of investigation. Right? We should look into it, but it's not what we're talking about. So the, the, uh, the Ramban explains that when the Torah says that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote down the whole Torah, means literally the whole Torah, from Breshid Bar-Elokim until Enei Kol Yisrael right further on it says, So here the Ramban the Ramban points out that especially in the Book of Dvarim. The Book of Dvarim is a special book. Is that something that we're not going to get involved with? There's something special about the Book of Varib that differentiates it from um, the other books of the Torah. And in fact, the Book of Tverib is called Mishneh Torah, right? The, the Torah that includes other parts of the Torah in it or repetition of things that are, that are in the Torah. So, Mishneh Torah. But here the Rahman says there's no doubt. The Ramban wants to explain it, I mean, you have time, you look at it. The Ramban wants to explain that there's no doubt that when we say that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah, it's not only the book of Dvarim that he wrote, but he wrote down the entire Torah from Rishid Paralukim until Leinei Kol Yisrael. That's the position of the, of the Ramban according to, according to the words of Chazam. And we saw that in the Gemara, in the Gemara Zemachaloket, when did Moshe Rabbe? we know when Moshe had finished writing the Torah He finished writing the Torah before he died Just before he died But when was the time? What was the time of the writing of the Torah? Subachlogin Either Megillah Megillah nitna That the Torah was written down piece by piece by piece had finished in the 40th year Or Torah chatuma nitna That means that the Torah was written all at once at the end of Moshe Rabbeinu's life by Moshe Rabbeinu but they both opinions agree if I would ask the question this way when was it that the Torah came into existence the physical Torah the physical book of the Torah that was on the day of the death of Moshe Rabbeinu and on that day either he wrote the entire Torah from beginning to the end or he only wrote the last piece because he had written the rest of it until that time ok so this introduction brings us to a particular issue in the parasha of masseh. Everybody knows that the beginning of the of Mas'ei, I mean if you go to Shul and listen to the to the lining, you know that the beginning of the Parasha of masseh is very boring. It's also it's also terrible for the Bali Kriya you know if you have a young Balkhari who has to learn the names of all these places and get it right and you know how it is in shul, there are always people in shul are ready to go do that to the young Balkhari to make him wish he never took that job or that assignment so in fact in fact you know, I don't know if you know, it's so boring that even the Ballet Kriya are bored sometimes and they have a little nigan that they sing they don't read it the way they read the other psukim in the Torah but there's a nigin, especially if you if you ever go to a Yekish Shul, you know, where they're very uh, kind of careful about exactly how to do it you'll see that they have a nigin. They, they went from here, they went to there, they went to here, they went to there That's the that they don't read exactly what the Ta'amim say they just sort of sing-song it Because it's, um, I don't know, I would say the boring is a good word. So in any event, let's look at what it says. That's the word it says. It says, So you know that Rashi tries to deal with the problem. Let's look at the Rashi. I mean, that's a pretty direct kind of question. Like, who needs this? Who needs it? But the meaning of the question is, we know all of this. Turn the page, you have to turn we're back to the beginning, right? The meaning of it, the meaning of the question is, is this. If you look in the Chumash, the Chumash tells us where B'nai Israel were and where they went to. So what do I need a parasha, to collect all this information that I have anyway? Okay, it makes it easier. You know, like if you were, if you're a student and the teacher gives you one of those questions, name the 42 Masa'ot of B'nai Yisrael. Okay, it's nice to have it collected. But what difference does it make? So this is what, this is what, uh, um, uh, Rashi asks. Lama niktivu ha Masa'ot halam. And, and, and uh, okay, it comes from the Medrash, right? It comes from the Medrash, but we'll learn it from Rashi. Now Rashi, believe me, does not have the kind of answer that we're looking for. What does Rashi say? <laughs> because we, the Torah wanted to teach us the great chesed that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did with B'nai Yisrael. Lehem <laughs> And was even though the punishment that the nei Israel received for not going into Eretz Israel, you remember the story of the Miraglim and etc was that they would wander around the desert for forty years until everybody died. do not say that all they did was go from one place to another all the 40 years, every time they came to a place, they had to pack up again and move to another place, and that would have been really terrible. Sharei enkan Ella arba imush because you count the number of mas'ot <speaking> in the <Hebrew> psukim, there are 42 of them. Tsemeihem <speaking in Hebrew> Subtract from 42, 14. Shekulamayabha <speaking in Hebrew> shanari because the first 14 were part of the regular trip from the Mitzrayim to Sinai and then to Ritma where they sent the Meraglim right all of that there were 14 Masa old, So that's not counted in the punishment <laughs> So somehow we know, somehow the Rashi says we know that the muraglim was sent in the place called Ritma. The ode, so in other words we have 42 minus 14. Four, the 14 don't count, they're not part of the punishment. They just were like getting from one place to another, they had to go from one place to the other. So it says, <laughs> the ode and then the Rashi says, and then, you have to subtract 8, 8 more, that were from the time of the death of Aharon, when the punishment was over. They were on their way to Eretz Yisrael. So you have to take out from the 42, 14 plus 8, which is 22. So how much is that leaf? Lo nasu ela What twenty? So Rashi says, well, forty-two. That would really be terrible. Twenty is not so bad. You have to pay. You have to pack the suitcases twenty times in forty years. Okay, forty-two times in forty years. That would be too much. You have to think about moving, like. If you moved only 20 times in 40 years, would you consider yourself fortunate? I don't know. I don't know what Rashi is talking about. I mean, literally. I have no idea what Rashi is talking about. But Rashi is not talking about anything. Rashi is quoting something that's in the Midrash. And Rashi says that the Medrash teaches us that there was a need for this list. And the need for the list was to, that, 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 to teach us that there's a chesed involved. That a Kodesh Mofu displayed chesed to B'nai Yisrael. How exactly, where the chesed was, how you figure it out. We don't know. We don't know what the Masa'ot were. We don't know if it was hard. We don't know if it was easy. Maybe they had nothing to pack anyway because their clothing never wore out. They had no food to take. They had no pots, they had no pans, they had, they had nothing. They had nothing. So what's the big deal? Maybe it's not a big deal. 20 is not a big deal. Maybe 40 is not a big deal. They, who knows? But that's what it says in the Medrash. Rashi, understanding that we might not be overjoyed at this interpretation, says, if you look at the Rashi, Rabbi Tanhuma Darashbo, that's the Tanchuma. There's another Medrash called the Tanchuma. Durasha Cheret. A king had a son who was sick And he took him to a far off uh, place Because he heard that there was a specialist A doctor who could help him On the way back The doctor, they found the doctor The doctor helped And the child was cured Aviv When they were on their way back home, his father, who was now happy that this was all worth it and it was good, his father started like uh, making a list of all the places that they stopped. All of the inns, the hotels, the people they met. I mean, that's that's what he did. In other words, he started telling him. He said, went. To, he reviewed it with his son. Remember, we were here. You didn't feel so good. Remember, we were there and we had the. Food, we didn't like the food. Remember, we were here. We met some people that uh, that made you happy. That's that's what happened. That's what happened. So that the Tanhuma says, even though we don't understand it yet, I mean, it's like. I, I feel I feel badly by always saying that we don't understand what Rashi says, but I think that if I don't say that we don't understand what Rashi says, we won't even make an attempt to understand it. You know, because it's always difficult when you learn something that you've learned already 30 times. It's hard to say you don't understand it, because it's so familiar to you. So first you have to figure out that you don't understand it. And after you figure out that you don't understand it, you can try to understand it. I mean obviously if you think you understand it, you're not gonna to try to understand it. Right. I mean that's that's the the great thing of Girsa de Ancusa, of teaching, of what you learn when you're a child, is that when you're an adult you can you can go through it very easily. The difficult thing about Girsa de Yankusa is that you think you know what you're talking about. Right? Because when you were a child your teacher always said, and that's what it means. You know, like, if you can imagine a teacher in the first grade saying to his students, gee, I don't understand what this past says. Maybe you could help me. So, like, like, to get to the point of somebody who learns Torah to get to the point and say, I really don't understand this. That's a ma'ala. That's a great achievement. Now, for someone who doesn't know Hebrew, to say, I don't understand the words, that's not such a great achievement. Right? Because that's, so, in any event, that's what Rashi says. That's what Rashi says. Now, let's look at the second person. And, and, and you, have these, you have all these psukim, all these psukim, which are the series of um, masa'ot. Now, I'm, I want to just, I want to repeat again. There are, there's a question and two answers in Rashi. The question is, why did the Torah have to list the masa'ot? The question means. That the Torah has already in fact listed them. If you go through the Chumash from Yitziat Mitzrayim until the Parashah of Masay, you'll find all of this information in the Chumash. Okay, it's very nice to have it as a list, but we would imagine that the Chumash would have some motive that went beyond making it easier for us to study, or making it easier for us to remember, uh, all, all, uh, and the things, uh, things of that kind. The, so the first teretz is, the first teretz in Rashi, that Rashi brings from the Medrash, is that it's a matter of chesed. And that the chesed was visible only if you saw all the Masaot in a list. If you didn't see them in a list, you wouldn't be able to notice that the actual number of Masa'ot that are part of the punishment is much smaller than you think. It's not 42, but it's 20. And that's called Chesed when you uncover the fact that the reality of, of God's punishment is different than we thought it was. That's what, that's what Rashi says. The Tanhumah says, well, it's like you're going to a place and you're very nervous about getting there, but when it all works out and you tell the story about where you went and how it was, then everything is, uh, looks a lot better and brighter. We'll come back to all of this, I hope, before we go home. Now we're up to Pasuk Bet. Pasuk Bet says, Vayikhtov Moshe et Moza'ehem lemas ehem, Alpi Hashem. The masa le Literally. And Moshe Rabbeinu wrote down. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote down. Moza ahem Moza is usually taken to mean the places of departure. The way the Torah says it always is they left A and they went to B. So the word motza. Is the word that refers to the place from which they came. Motza Eihem. Limaseihem. Right? Limaseihem. Masa. Noseya Is the trip. Al-Piyashem. The Ei-Limaseihem. The Motza Eihem. So of course the difficult thing. The difficult thing in the. In the pasuk Is what does Vayich Moshem mean? What, is, what do you mean Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it down? Because either Moshe Rabbeinu, if you hold that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah, eh? which way? Megillah, Megillah. Then he wrote down everything in the Torah as you went along. And this was not different than anything else. And just like you could say Vayikhtov Moshe about this chapter of the Torah You could say Vayikhtov Moshe About every chapter of the Torah So why does the Torah say Vayikhtov Moshe? What if you hold What if you hold that, that the Torah That the Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah in its entirety At the end of the 40 years before he died Then, Then what? Then, then then this is wrong. I mean the way we understand it is that he wrote if he wrote the Torah, wrote down the Torah at the end of the forty years before just before he died, so what is this Vayikhtov Moshe? This is not true. He didn't write the Torah here. He wrote the Torah elsewhere, in another place. So these words Vayikhtov Moshe are a mystery. Because they don't fit in to either position that we've heard in the Gemara about writing the Sefer Torah. If the Sefer Torah is written Megillah, Megillah, then Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the entire Torah as he went along. And he didn't just write this parasha. But he wrote all the parshiot, and if he wrote all the parshiot, that either say Veichtol Moshe in every parsha or say Veichtol Moshe in none of the parshas. What's the reason for saying Veichtol Moshe here in this parsha of Mas A? Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Now this is an elusive question. Elusive by elusive, I mean that most of the mitharshim don't deal with it. Which is not the same as saying that none of the Mepharshim deal with it. But you might think that this would be a front-row kind of question. I mean, like it, like it really hits you in the eyes. Whatever. What? Tell what? me what, what happened. The Moshe Rabbeinu learned the Torah, but he didn't write it down. He only wrote down the luchos. He only, only the luchos were written. So you have, you have this, uh, this like I, 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 it's a question, I go, what happened? How come it's so quiet? How come this question is so quiet? So there's an interesting Orchayim. The Orchayim, you know the Orchayim? The Orchayim is found in many editions of the Mikraot Gedolot. Which I guess means that he's important, important personality. You know, the Orchayim is one of the people who's called Akadosh. The Archim is called Archaim HaKadosh. So he must have been an impressive personality. He came from Morocco and he died in Eretz Yisrael. And he lived in what century? Yeah. Good. I mean, he's like a contemporary of ours. He's, uh, you know. So listen to the Archaim. You turn the page. The 18th century. Okay, before we, get, sorry, before we get to the Archaim, I want to look at the Ramban. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Rabban is a continuation of Rashi. Okay, the Rabban is a continuation of Rashi. Before we get to the Archhaim, we'll look at the Ramban. The Rabban says this. It's on page two, right? nikmat minyan after Moshe Rabbeinu did all these great things that he did, he won the war, he divided the land, he organized the people. I mean, so then he had, he had like spare time. Natanda told the Chazal to Moshe Rabbeinu said, "Okay, what do I what do I do with my spare time? I'll write down the masot. That's what the Ramban says. And Moshe Rabbeinu was interested. In emphasizing the chesed that Hakadosh Baruch Hu did with B'nai Yisrael, right? This is Rashi. This is Rashi. This is, Rashi. This is the Medrash. Except that that he adds a certain, he adds a little flavor here. What does what does he say? The Ramban that Moshe Rabbeinu, I did it by Echtov Moshe. What does Moshe mean? Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it. Not as not as a tzibui, not as a representative of heaven. It wasn't like God said to Moshe Rabbeinu, write it down. Moshe Abedin said, wow, this will really be a good idea. I'll write it down. I'll pass it out. I'll have a sheet. You know, I'll pass out the sheet. And everybody said, wow, you know, it wasn't so bad with the desert, God, chesed, it was just wonderful. So the Ramban puts his imprimatur on Rashi. But he adds, he says, he says I don't want to get involved in this business of when, say, when the Torah was written. I don't want to like, talk about whether it's Megillah, Megillah, or Hatuman, That's not our issue. Clearly, this list of Masa'ot, was written by Moshe Rabbeinu. Why did Moshe Rabbeinu write it? Because it was an opportunity to teach people value. To teach people how HaKadosh Bohu treated Am Yisrael. So Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it down. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it down. So of course, of course, um, it's hard for us to understand the Rabbah. I mean, it's very nice. But it turns out, therefore, according to the Ramban, that there's a pasuk in the Torah that tells, says that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah, but he wasn't commanded to write the Torah. Now that's already a new idea. And what I has to do with that idea? What do you mean he wrote the Torah, but wasn't commanded to? Here it is, it's in the Torah. It's right here, in the Pasha of Marseille. So I'm missing, I'm missing a way of dealing with this very interesting notion that the Ramban came up with, which is that Moshe Rabbeinu did it on his own, and so the Ramban, the Ramban backtracks a little bit, and he says rabbi to elit and and the the Rambam in the Mordebuchim and here the, the the Ramban writes it as though the Rambam is working for him, you know, like I've got this idea, it's the Rambam, the Ramban, I'll incorporate that also, I'll bring this in the Ramban. the Rambam. I mean, you could even explain it, you could explain it this way. You say, why were the Masauds written down? That's why you told Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, wanted to teach B'nai Yisrael this Musa, that Moshe, had a lot of Chesed. And then the Ramban says, but you know how it got into the Torah? You know why it's in the Torah? I'm mean a Moshe Rabbeinu. It's his idea, but how did he get into the Torah? So the Ramban, quoting the Ramban, says, Lomar <laughs> It's very important. There's a very important lesson to be learned from these Massa'im. from these trips that Bnei Yisrael took. Ki <laughs> He says, after all the miracles that happened in the desert were clear, obvious to all those who were in the desert. But in the future we're going to have to depend on hearsay. What happened in the desert? Somebody say, well, my father told me or my grandfather told me and then I'll say, well maybe it happened, maybe it didn't happen. Maybe you were awake, maybe you were asleep. Maybe you understood, maybe you didn't understand. So he says, He says, all these wondrous things, and these miracles, So where did these things happen? They happened in a desert. And the desert is far away. It's very hard for me to get to the desert. To find out what really happened. V'amra Torah. L'achem lo achaltem. V'yayim v'shecha lo shatitem. V'chol eilah ototem b'maseh nes neroot laayin. K'asheh yadaa b'orei yitvarach ki y'avoh al eilah otot. Ma sh'yavoh al b'veray ha'yamin. Lo y'aminu ha'shomim lahem. That if everything turns into... I read it in a book, I heard it from somebody, or this was... So then the, the skeptics will come and say, Well, how do you know? And maybe it wasn't clear, and maybe you weren't awake, and maybe it wasn't really quite that way. And so the Rambam says, what will people say? So you say to them, you know, they say, they ate man in the desert. So I'll say, how do you know? Well, they were in the desert. I mean, nothing grows in the desert. There's no tomatoes in the desert. There's no cucumbers in the desert. What do they eat? They had to eat man. So they say, well, you know, there's desert and there's desert. There's desert that's very far away from everything, but there's also desert that's closer to the populated areas right so that desert that desert where the Arabs today live we are closer to places where there is planting and sowing and harvesting And then the closer you come to civilization, the more likely it is that you'll find food to eat and water to drink. So it's important for us to know where the miracles took place. And that information, that information is sufficient to to encourage us that the that the tradition is true, that they were really in the desert, they really had no food, and they had to live on the chesed of a kodesh etc. So the Rambam, the, the the Ramban, this is I'm reading from the Ramban, who's quoting the Rambam from the Morah Nevuchim. So the Ramban is the one who thinks yes. It was to teach us the chesed of Hakkadish Boch. But it was also to make sure that we understood that this really happened. That this world, that the, that of the Man and the Bear of Miriam and the Anane Akobot, that that world really existed. That's the position, that's the position of the, of the Rambam. The I'm finishing the last five lines. And he says, he, the Ramban, says, now I want you to know, remember what I said? Whose idea was to write it down? Moshe Rabbeinu's idea. And he was going to give it out to the people so they would know something. But then the Ramban says, you have to understand that this is a remarkable turn of events. Because Moshe Rabbeinu, the note or the letter that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote to the Masaot was then included in the Torah. You see again, So we have to say that there's a separate mitzvah. A separate mitzvah. HaKadosh Baruch commands Moshe Rabbeinu Put the Masa'ot into the Torah. Why? Because of what the Rambam said, and because of what the Medjushah of Moshe Adarshan said, it became so important that the Torah, that the Torah, or the Akadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe Rabbeinu, include it, include it in the Torah, put it in the beginning of the Parsha of Masseh. And that's he says, Ki al Hashem da Moshe. Again, four lines from the bottom. Ki al pi Hashem. Those words, al pi Hashem and the Pasuk, are connected grammatically to vayichtov Moshe. So go back to that Pasuk, turn over, turn the page, and you see Pasuk Bet. Moshe et ehem." Al-pi Hashem. So now everybody knows. Syntax. You know what syntax tells you? What this part of the pasuk connects itself to. Now those words Al-pi Hashem, everybody understands from the mouth of God. What do they refer to, those words? So there are two possibilities. Va'ichtov Moshe, Moshe, Alpi Hashem—the less obvious choice—but the more obvious choice is what the Ibn Ezra said: Moshe, that whatever they moved in the desert, it was Alpi Hashem. But the Ramban says that's very nice, but it doesn't help my theory. What's my theory? That Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Masaot because it was his idea to write the Masaot. And then what happened? HaKadosh Bokhu commanded Moshe Rabbeinu put it into the Torah. And therefore the Ramban says the way to read the Pasuk the way to read the Pasuk is Vaychdov Moshe this parsha, he wrote all of these psukim Al pi Hashem. Because God told him to put it into the Torah. Before that, what was there in the world? There was the same exact parsha written by Moshe Rabbeinu, but only for the people. It wasn't originally included as part of the Torah. This is what the Ramban says. I have to, I have to uh, um, finish by learning with you the Aruchim. So it turns out that according to the Ramban. Rashi says, Rashi says, what do you need this parasha for? And he gives two answers. One in the name of Moshe uh, Darshan, and the other in the name of the Tanchuma. Which sort explains somehow why you had to make this parasha. The Ramban doesn't disagree, but he relates specifically to those words by Ihtov Moshe, and he reads the Pasuk by Moshe al Hashem and he says that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the parish himself of his own volition it had nothing to do with the Torah and he was going to give that parasha out to B'nai Yisrael, they'll have it like as a as a handout and they'll have to look at it and they'll see, oh they'll see Rab Moshe darshan, and they'll see the Tanhuma. they'll understand they'll understand what it was that happened to them in the desert it could have been a lot worse but it was divine chesed that led them through the desert until this point. So by Moshe al that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it on his own. There was really no need to include it in the Torah. But then Akharish Baruch, Hu, so to speak, saw that this was such a, uh, a desired product and worked so well and was so so uh, good for the people for Bnei Yisrael. Akharish Baruch Hu said to Moshe Rabbeinu. Write this in the Sefer Torah And put it at the beginning of the parasha called Mas'ei So the way he explains Vayichdov Moshe he, the Ramban The way he explains Vayichdov Moshe Is that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it on his own And only later on HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded him To put it into the Torah So now let's look at the Orchayim I told you who the Orchayim is now we'll look at the archive. See the second, the left-hand column, on page two. So he first he starts with like a general question: Why should the Torah say, Moshe"? As though this is something special, something different. What does the Torah want us to understand? In lo ma, Shemoshek tava. If it comes to teach us that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Masaot Masei, halokolat Torah Mosheh kitava. After all, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the whole Torah, not just this parasha. Vamasaot aktuvim b'Torah mechlal haTorah. Odayula ayalolomar vachto Moshe et Masa Ehem. That's what it should have said. Not Motza Ehem, but Masa Ehem. You know, it, it doesn't, you know, if you like the Kasher, it's yours. Oh, the Lama Chazaloma, the Masa Ehem. Why do you say first Motza Ehem and then Masa Ehem? But I'll call Amar Eile Masa E. Oh, the Lama Shinabet Kila, Hikdim Lamar Le Motza Ehem, Bahaka Chamal Le Masa Ehem. Okay, so he has like a bunch of questions. The kinds of questions that people who read carefully have. Right? The Arachayan had this capacity. He could read the Pasuk, and even though he had already learned the Rashi and the Ramban and the Ibn Ezra, he, he still was able, he still able to delve into it. Like, he wasn't paralyzed by commentary. Quite the contrary, it seemed to open him up to new ideas and new suggestions. So now look at what he says. He says it seems that the Torah wants to teach us something about how this parish of the Masaot came to be. And the first thing to remember is Shelo nichtevu biyomachat This is how it was written. She etchil Moshelech You know what a pinkas is? That's the little children take to school with them, right? A notebook. Moshe Abenu had a notebook. Imagine that. Imagine that. Did he a kalmar? And like, uh, Shitkil Moshe Lech Tol Pinchasov, Mitzvat HaMelech, M'yom Shiats Umi Mitzvat HaMelech means, this is what God told him to do. God said, it's as though God said to Moshe Abe, look, the Masaot they're going to be in, it's going to be in the Torah. I want you to write it up as we go along. I want you to have a special page in your notebook. Every time we go someplace, I want you to write, we left here, we came there. ביום שיצו מיצרמה On the day of Yitziat Mitzrayim, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote, כתב פסוק, ויישו בני ישר, בירה עמסייש, that's where they left. Write, bet ktuvim הבאים כאחד, ktuvim לפנינו, עתוות Shvatim. Right, that's you see by Yisumi says pasuk dimul. Mocharata pesi Yisumi Yisrobi adra malah Mitzrayim. Right, the Mitzrayim mekabrim eight hashayika Hashem b'hem kol b'chor belu kehem asah Hashem shvatim. So these two psukim were written by Moshe Rabbeinu about leaving Mitzray when they got to Sukkot, they wrote another pasuk. when they got to Sukkot, they wrote another And here the emphasis is that Moshe Rabbeinu Wrote it down as they went From place to place He had a special notebook And in that notebook he made a special list Of all of these places And then God said to Moshe Rabbeinu Put it in the Torah exactly as you have it in your notebook. So there's no doubt that the Orach Hayim is continuing the idea of the Ramban. That somehow the Masaot The list of Masa'ot is generated independently of the rest of the Torah. And whereas the Ramban gave us the idea that Moshe Rabbeinu thought of it on his own, and only after it was completed did Akkadish Bochel say to Moshe Rabbeinu, write it in the Torah, according to the Orechaim, it was originally a directive from God. God said to Moshe Rabbeinu, You have a notebook? Write this up in your notebook Write this all up in your notebook And then eventually it will be put into It will be put into the, uh, the Torah So let's start from the Let's start again from the Tanchuma Remember the Tanchuma? The Tanchuma said That if the king takes his son on a trip Right? The son takes his takes, son on a trip And says, well On the way, on the way to the doctor, you don't know what the trip is. It could be a tragedy. If al Islam the child would have died. So the whole trip would have been a tragedy. And when the king would tell the story, he would say, look, we went first to We got off here on the train, and it was cold, and the people were not friendly, and the food was no good. And then we would go, and we went to the second place, and we couldn't get transportation, and there were no horses, and we had nowhere to ride. And we'd go on. The story of the trip to the doctor would become the story of an ongoing tragedy. Tahuma says but if the child was cured and the doctor worked a miracle so then when the king tells the story he says to his son remember we were here how wonderful it was and how nice the people were and how comfortable the beds were and how warm it was because the fire was high so that the story the story that you tell about the trip that you made in life depends on what you made of your life. Bnei Yisrael were on their way to Eretz Yisrael. So Moshe Rabbeinu says to them, according to the Tachuma, Moshe Rabbeinu says to them, you know, it doesn't matter what you thought of in step number one and step number two but we see now that every step of the way was wonderful because all of those steps led us to where we are now which is on the verge of going into Eretz Israel and so Moshe Rabbeinu says that's the story That's the story of the Masa'ot. It's true that it could have been different. It's true that we didn't have to spend 38 years in the desert. But history is not only what caused us to be where we were or the accurate rendition of the difficulty that we had at the time. But history is also how it turns out. That's what history is. And that's what the Talchuma says. And so Moshe Rabbeinu said to B'nai Yisrael, you know, when you read the Chumash, and you see we went from here to there, and we went from there to there, well, there are a lot of low points in that story. There are a lot of difficult moments that are reflected in that story. But there's another story there's another story we from here to there from there to there from there to there from there to there there, and now we're ready to go to Eretz Israel. that's a different story it's a success so to speak we've done it we've done what no other group has ever done we've absorbed the Torah we've absorbed the obligation we've accepted the fact that we're going to have to turn Eretz Israel into a place of Torah we've done it we've done it and that's a different story that's not the same story as that's not the same story as the, 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 the events that happened one after the other as we were going on our way in the hope that we would get to Eretz Israel so there's a story there's a story but when the child is cured and the king takes him back to his home. That's one story. And when the child never, is not cured and he dies, there's another story that is told. And each place takes on a different significance. And so Rabbi Moshe Adarshan says, Rabbi Moshe Adarshan says this, he says that if you look at the list, you can discover chesed. You can discover it. So Rashi gives you a suggestion. There weren't 42 uh, uh, Masaot, there weren't 42 trips that they took, but really if you count it right, is less, which means that if you look carefully, you'll see good things that HaKadosh Baruch Hu bequeathed to us. That's called chesed. So chesed is something that you find that you have to be reflective about, that you need retrospection for. Because sometimes at the time when something happens, it is really painful, it's overwhelming, it's difficult for us to absorb. We have all these kinds of quasi-philosophical questions, why me, why now, why then, why... Right, all those kinds of questions. But later on, you're able to assess things, from within a frame of reference that is the frame of reference that you think is really true. So that's what Rabbi Moshe Hadarshan said. That in a list you could see it differently than you see it as the story unfolds. And so, according to the Orachayim, HaKadosh Baruch actually said to Moshe Rabbi, take your notebook And write the list of places. Where we left and where we came to. That's all. Just write the list. Because you're going to see that when you look at the list, it'll look different than the story that you tell about the time from Yitzhak Vitzrayim until today when we're ready to go into Eretz Yisra'el. And this idea that the Orachayim promoted came straight from, came straight from the Ramban. And Louis de Mistafinah would say this, that there are different truths that have to be reflected in the Torah. And it's important for us as Talmidim of Moshe and Talmidim of the Torah to be able to, make, to avail ourselves... Of the different truths. You say, look, I mean, Jewish history is not uh, always rosy. It doesn't always, All oh, let's say the, the history of the state of Israel. I mean, it's not always without tension, one might say. You know, I mean, people in Israel all get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, they hear the news. I, mean, I don't think this happens any place else in the world. But don't know, it's like six o'clock the I got to get up and hear the news. I, I, I have to get up and do something. I don't have to milk the cows. I don't have to do anything like that to hear the news. So it depends how you look at it. You could look at—I mean—I I, mean—it's not, it's not just—it's not naivete. You have to balance the different narratives that are there simultaneously all the bad things that happened to the Jews, all the bad things the Jews did to themselves and the bad things that happened in Eretz Yisrael, how much it could have been better, but at the same time there's another narrative, there's not a place like it, nobody else achieved what we achieved and no one else has done what we've done here in Eretz Yisrael, but they're different narratives Yadr Kodesh said to Moshe Rabbeinu listen, the story of B'nai Yisrael in the desert on the way to Eretz Yisrael is going to be told Differently, at different times, at different places. Some stories will emphasize the struggle and the difficulties, and others will start from the end and say that, look, it happened. It happened. That's what, that's what, that's what we did. So I told Moshe listen Moshe I want you to write a list as we go along. Because I want you to teach the people that there is no story until the story has ended. And that's why people are so interested in knowing how it's going to be, how it's going to turn out. Because how it's going to turn out is the way the story is. I'll just take another minute. The Ramban answers the question answers the interesting question of why the Torah had to tell us about Adam Harishon in Gan Eden. Why was it important to know about Adam and Chava that they were in Gan Eden and they got themselves kicked out of Gan Eden? This is the Ramban says this is the end of the book. I mean, why do I have to start off with uh, like a distress? You know, why do I am to start off with a story that's so, uh, well, I mean, you know, it uh, doesn't put us in such a good light. What, what, do I, what do I need that for? Why couldn't the Torah have just said Okay, there, there was Noach <laughs> it was not, Or there was Avram Why do we have to start from Odom and Chaba and, and all of these weird stories or, or difficult stories That are about losing Gan Eden And so the Ramban He has this idea The Ramban says You know why the Torah tells us about Gan Eden Because The end is always identical to the beginning and the beginning and the end is that we are all going to be in godate that's what the that's what the ramban says so it depends on how you tell a story according to the ramban the story of the garden of eden is the real story that's real everything else is just draining around you know, we're just trying to make it somehow to the, next, to the next weekend. But that's it. But the real story is Gan Eden. And that's where the Ramban says, we have to always set our sights. That's, what, that's the story of the march of Am Yisrael through, uh, through history. So that, according to the Ramban again, the writing of this parasha was truly done separately. Al pihashem. Because Moses, as though God said to Moshe Rabbeinu, Listen, Moshe Rabbeinu, you also have to have something to be enthusiastic about. You're going to bear the brunt of all the terrible things that happened to Am Yisrael. But here you'll be able to look at your list. And you'll see that things are not as bad as you imagine them to be. So the Archaim based himself on the Ramban. The Ramban includes the Morinavuchim in his assessment of things. And that takes us back to Rashi, who quoted the two medrashim, the Rabbi Moshe Adarshan and the Tanchuma, both of whom seem to say that it depends on what story you tell. If you tell the story of Bnei Yisrael on their way to Eretz Yisrael, that story is totally different than the story of the trial and tribulations of Am Yisrael after Yitzchak the triumph Have a good shabbos.